How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to Not Another Movie Pod. I'm Zach Williamson with Ross Cutsforth and Luke Goosens. Today, we're talking the Batman casting and Watchmen episode three. Before we even do all the Watchmen stuff, let's talk about this Batman casting today. Okay, okay. Let's get in there, baby. First, Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred. Luke, what did you think about this? I thought it was good casting. I thought it was good. You like it? Yeah, dude. The chiseled Alfred. I'm not completely about it. Maybe he's a good actor, so I could see him pulling it off. But You saw Jonah Hill as the Riddler, but you didn't see Andy Serkis as Alfred? Yeah, because Jonah Hill, he has that off-kilter kind of range that he can go to. What? You know what I'm talking about? Like, acting range? No. Andy Serkis or Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill for the Riddler. No. <laughs> he's going to be like the most awkward, weird fucking Riddler ever. It'd be so weird. <laughs> There's, yeah, that's a possibility. But I mean, not scary, not villainous at all. I wasn't even talking about him though. I was talking Andy Circus for Alfred. I was gonna say that I could have saw him as the Penguin. Oh Ooh, yeah, that'd be a good one too. Yeah, I didn't really see him as Alfred. I, I can see, see him as, as Alfred. Alfred. Alfred's kind of a badass in some stories. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm used to seeing him as Ulysses Claw, so he always has that beard. Or fucking Smeagol. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have that shit on him, so. Luke, do a, do your Smeagol impression. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll get it. Maybe you'll get a treat later. All right. Um, <laughs> God, I don't. I, yeah, that's the thing is I didn't really have that character in mind. The main thing for me for it's still reported. It's not 100% confirmed by Matt Reeves yet because there's still negotiations. He's about to direct Venom 2. So that's supposed to start this month. Production on that. The Batman is going to film early 2020. And I was thinking maybe because Alfred must not be in it that much. Even the villains. Who do they have cast for the villain, villains? Early 2020 is fucking right around the corner. Something's wrong. Yeah. So it's going to be tight. I mean, that means Venom will be done by then. But I assume, dude, when you're a director, you're involved in the whole post, you know, post-production and all that too. So this dude must be busy. I mean, it, it, we'll see though if it works out. Yeah. Still technically reported. He can pull it off. He's got it. Yo, you want to talk about any of the other villains? Yeah. We, want to, we can talk villains. We didn't actually even get to ask you what you thought about the Riddler casting though, Ross. Yeah, Paul Dano. No, I think we talked about it. I thought it was good casting. Paul Dano? Who the yeah. fuck is that? The guy from Prisoners. He's the real. Oh, I think we did talk about him. Yeah, I could see him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that is good casting. Yeah. Now that I think about it, Andy Circus might be not too bad of casting as Alfred because this is supposed to be younger Alfred too, right? So it'd be like a young, more younger fit guy. Not Michael Caine, Alfred. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it makes sense. He's got to be someone who can protect Bruce Wayne while he's growing up. And with his backstory, he was a soldier and all that and a lot of it. Damn, he was a soldier? I don't even think I knew that. That's sick. Wait, what war did he fight in? Every world war. The second world war? Is that what you said, Zach? Or Luke? I said every world war. Oh, shit. Chiseled. He's beast. a hardened, chiseled motherfucker. He's a war-hardened beast. <laughs> yes. There's a TV show right now where he's a soldier, and there was another storyline, yeah, where he was a soldier. But it, it just depends, I guess, when that Batman story takes place. Hmm. Batman 52, do you know what one that is off the top of your head? Uh, Batman 50, like New 52? New 52. Sounds right. Let me check again. Yeah, New 52 is more current age, I'm pretty sure. 2011 reboot. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. But I don't know what year that is in the timeline. You know? I was going to say, I knew it rebo rebooted recently in the last 10 years, but I don't know what. I think the timeline that it rebooted in is close to ours. But I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, present day. Yeah. I think I'd see that one. The other casting that happened today was Colin Farrell. He is going to be Penguin. That one's kind of weird to me. I don't know. Good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. But doesn't does the penguin have to be short, do you guys think? Dude, I was just about to say that. I was thinking that maybe they make him short. Yeah, I don't know. Using perspective. He's almost too good looking to be a penguin. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Like the penguin's going to steal your money and then he's going to fuck you right after too. With his just 
Good looks. Cunning. Oh, yeah, good looks. Did you guys ever play the Telltale Batman games? Because he looks more like that Oswald Cobblepot rather than the classic ugly fat motherfucker. Yeah, I've never played that one. Oh, I see. Okay. What's up with this guy? He looks like a completely regular dude. (laughs) Yeah, way different variation. Dude, what kind of video game is this? Oh, they're pretty slow paced. The Telltale one walk a character from area to area, and then you can pick up items and stuff and talk to characters. And it's kind of, I don't know, there's not like combat or anything really, but there's very little combat. What was their biggest game? Aren't they making the next Batman game? The Walking Dead, I think, was definitely their breakout biggest game. Oh, yeah, Telltale. That's right. Yeah, this guy just looks like a regular ass person. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It looks different than because the penguin's always kind of a ridiculous looking dude. So I kind of like it that they're not doing that. Makes it it's easier to take it seriously. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't read too many penguin comics or read too much on them. Honestly, I kind of want to research them now a little bit. See what kind of variations there are of him. I feel like there'd be a, a realistic way of making the penguin, just like there was a realistic way of making the Joker. Yeah, they're outlandish characters, but you can turn them into realistic live action characters, you know, make them a little more grounded, not as comical looking and campy. Yeah. Yeah. What do you call that? What do you say? Campy. What's that? It just means really derpy looking. It's just humorous, exaggerated a little bit, just absurd. Like the Mr. Freeze, those kind of those Batman movies. Campy. Yeah. And the OG 64 show with the, the first Joker and all that shit. It's just not very serious. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You have to just make it, try to make it look realistic for it to really work. I think the same page as you guys. Another little bit of news that came out today was that Two-Face for sure is going to be in this movie confirmed. But not Matthew McConaughey. No, I can, I can, hey, can confirm on the pod. <laughs> so not going to be him. <laughs> not Matthew McConaughey. All right. Give your source sec. I can't give my, I can't say how I know this, but I can confirm it for sure. My bad. I'm have to, I might have to even cut this part. But I was going to say, can you tell us and then just cut it? Yeah, but so yeah, not Matthew McConaughey. He won't be, unfortunately. That'd be kind of dope, but it's not going to be him. So who would you guys want to see? A bunch of our followers, when I tweeted that news out, started responding with Nikolai Coster-Waldo. Oh, fuck. That's a good one, dude. That would be such a good one. I know. I was thinking. That's a really good one. And then the obvious, the other rumors that we've talked about before was John David Washington, which would also be pretty good when he's a good actor. I don't know. I don't really have like a super strong take for who I want to be that, but it just, it sounds, it sounds like he's going to be Harvey Dent in this one maybe. And then eventually becomes Two-Face kind of like what happens in The Dark Knight or might happen in a future Batman movie. Because it sounds like the main villains are going to be Catwoman, Penguin, and the Riddler in this one. Yeah, I could see that happening. That makes sense. What do you see that made you think that those were going to be the main three villains over Two-Face? It was just because these are being record, reported as the actual characters. And Variety said they've cast their trio of villains. That's kind of like what the main trade sites are reporting to, is that there's going to be the three main villains. And then you might get these kind of little ones, it sounds like, that have really you know, like smaller parts in this story. Yeah. Which I think if we're, we've talked about on previous pods, if you do do the long Halloween, if like what's been reported, that makes a lot of sense because it's him bouncing around trying to figure out a main case. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right, Luke. That's what we were talking about before, right? Yeah. And Two-Face is a part of the long Halloween. So it does still sound like it's getting long Halloween-y. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think was any other news that came out today. That might be it for the main Batman news. Oh, there was one other little tidbit about Two-Face that came out. And it was that a character from Succession, one of the Roys, who is the main family in that TV show, the HBO series, was approached about this role. I know you guys haven't watched that, so you wouldn't understand if I was talking about who it would be. You said about Two-Face, the Two-Face role? He was approached to play Two-Face and he turned it down. Yeah, I don't know who that is. So. Yeah, you never watched it. You should watch it. It's a good show. Succession. Yeah, so that's it. That's like the last little bit of news on that. You know what we can talk about too that we have been kind of putting off is that whole Joker story today. Even so before the cinematographer came out and said, Sophie's alive, I was like, okay, well, let's wait till what Todd Phillips says. And Todd Phillips finally confirmed that Sophie didn't die and said that Joker has a code so he doesn't kill people who don't harm him in that story. What do you guys think about that? That's fucking a bummer. <laughs> Honestly, I wish he wouldn't have said anything. But Yeah, that, that's why it's a bummer, right? Because he commented yeah. on it. Yeah. It would have been way cooler to just let people speculate. Yeah. For me, okay, yeah, it's great that she survived. That's that's great, but yeah, yeah, just as the character, 
it would be more jokery to me if he had just, he didn't really have this moral code. Cause what's his code at the very end of the movie then? He's just, the argument is, oh, he's the, he's the joker now. So he's going to kill people for no reason. Like with the psychiatrist. Cause then it's, it's saying, yeah. what is the difference between that and what Sophie did? But how do we know him killing the psychiatrist was real though? Hmm. So you're saying like the whole, oh man. Yeah. See, we're going to do this whole argument. <laughs> what is, what is real or not? Yeah. yeah. Cause they haven't confirmed that yet. So, I mean, no, that's a good point. Could be either way. Do you think the ending's real? Have we talked about this? Like since <laughs> then, has your opinion changed? I've just been thinking more and more that basically it seems like the whole thing was in his head or just a false story just told by the Joker character. Yeah. I was even at one point where I thought all of his story up to the very end was in his head, but then he actually killed her because that takes place after his whole dream shit where he says you wouldn't get it. But I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess they'll be confirming shit. So uh, kind of a bummer, but we'll get to figure it out. Yeah. That's it. We should just start talking watching. Yeah, let's do it. Yo, Luke. Yo. Shoot, you want a surprise topic? What's a surprise topic? (laughs) Is this good or bad? I'm scared. I got a surprise topic, too. Oh, you have one, too? (laughs) Shit. Oh, fuck. Well, no, I was going to ask if you read the the Martin Scorsese opinion piece, either of you. Because I was wondering why Scorsese had been trending on Twitter all day, and I finally clicked on it. Because I just thought it was people bitching again, you know? Because... There's more quotes that come out every other day, but he wrote a whole piece on how he thinks franchise films are ruining the whole film industry and no one's going to to like little movies and stuff like The Irishman, you know what I mean? Non-franchise films. And he talked about Marvel movies, but he said he's never even, he didn't even actually admit if he's watched, watched a Marvel movie or not. He said, I think I've tried to watch one or two. And it's like, what does that mean? That sounds like BS. <laughs> yeah. Did you actually watch it or did you stop watching it while you were watching it? I mean, then you just wrote a whole opinion piece on Marvel movies, but you haven't actually watched it. So how can you have an opinion on it if you haven't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's just looking at it from the wrong angle because he hasn't watched them. Whereas he's looking at it as if they are ruining movies, but maybe they're just the next evolution of movies. Yeah. And this guy made Shark... He was in Shark Tale. Remember that shit? Mark Martin Scorsese made Shark Tale? No, he just... I think he produced it and he, he is a <laughs> character in it. Oh, so he can't make a fucking kid's movie, dude? <laughs> That's so goat status. Fuck dude. you. George Miller made... Babe the Pig, and Happy Feet. Yeah, but those are pretty good movies. True. Shark Tale's not on either of that level. What? <laughs> yeah, Shark Tale's not that good. You're right. Happy Feet, dude, that's... with Honestly, though, George Miller, man, that guy does have some serious range. Yeah. From Happy Feet off, to Off Fury topic, <laughs> but just, you know, from Mad Max movies to Happy Feet, back to... And Babe yeah. to, to Babe. Fury Road. Okay. Oh, my God. Off topic. Legend. Camera, what, what the fuck were we saying? <laughs> Mini George Miller before that shit. We were talking about Martin Scorsese's opinion piece. Oh yeah, no, I was just saying I I read some of it and I thought he had some good quotes though about other aspects of cinema. But just the part that you're writing a whole paper on this this topic that you haven't clearly watched. You know, <laughs> what if yeah. what if what if he tried watching some and it was just Iron Man two and like Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> then then his opinion, I would be like, okay, you know, I can see what you're saying. Dude, why are you talking shit on his opinion? It's what he thinks. He doesn't have one. He doesn't. He didn't watch him. <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm not. You even, don't know that. That's what he wrote. He's obviously tried to watch him and disliked it. He didn't even say if he actually tried to watch it or not. He just said you, you may just have. Did. He, you just said that he quoted that he, he tried to watch it once or twice. No, he said I may have tried or something like that. It wasn't even straight up confirmation if he's yeah. watched one. Whatever. <laughs> just Ross, ra- say, th- say your thing. <laughs> I'll give it to you that it's definitely possible that he's tried to watch one. <laughs> but from the way he worded it, it really sounds like he's bullshitting just to avoid saying that he hasn't watched one. Read the quote, Zach. Read the fucking quote. All right. All right. You want this me to find it? it? Okay. This is how we resolve this. I was asked a question about Marvel movies. I answered it. I said that I've tried to watch a few of them and that they're not for me. So he's tried to watch three movies and he's watched them and obviously not gone, gotten through them. But what does trying mean? So you quit after 30 minutes? 
You know what's trying me going to that fucking Matthew McConaughey movie, trying to watch it and then walking out of it because it sucks so fucking bad. That's trying to watch a movie. Is that the worst movie you've ever seen in theaters? That's fucking the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. <laughs> Easily. Damn. I so that's all we got for the news section. Next, we're discussing Watchmen episode three. If you haven't watched, go catch up and listen to our pods from the weeks back. We did an episode recapping the graphic novels for our listeners, along with the episode one discussion tied into that. And we did a pod in episode two. Make sure to drop a subscription on whatever platform you listen to, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Drop a review for the Apple listeners. We'll see you all next week. Next week, we're going to do Mandalorian. We're going to do Watchmen. All that's just going to happen next week. This was the best episode of the season so far for me. It felt very Watchmen-y when you have Gene Smart as Laura Blake, the whole Adrian Veidt part two and getting him confirmed now. Dude, that was my favorite part of the episode for sure. His whole storyline is awesome. And I was going to say for the for the listeners who don't know, uh, Lori Blake, that is Silk Spectre from the comics. She was a part of the Crime Busters, who was the group with Rorschach, Night Owl. Edward Blake is her dad, right? Yeah, the comedian. the comedian. Yeah, the comedian. Who was in that group too. But she doesn't find out about that until later and at the end of the story pretty much. And that's what I think is cool is because this feels like a sequel to just how she would react after that. Now she's got guns. She picked up guns at the very end of that show. That's very like the comedian. And she switched her name to the comedian. So And she does a lot more jokes now. Like Her character was awesome. What about that dildo though? <laughs> you mean that big blue shaft? Jeez, yeah, dude. She's missing something, dude. Fuck. I thought she was over him. <laughs> I didn't Cle- you, honestly. Definitely, clearly not. I mean, dude, is his jizz blue <laughs> or white? Dude, can he change his dick to any size? That's what I was going to say, man. He must be a grower because. We've seen that boy flaunt that shit way too much. Oh, dude, yeah. I know, dude, and it's just like, fuck, your penis is, like, <laughs> solidly average. He's always letting it hang, though. Looks like my dick, fuck. He's letting it fly. Yeah, that's what I mean, fuck. But that shit, how could that feel good? That shit was two feet long. Dude, it was huge, and it looked metal. I was scared yeah, it looked for cold. It. <laughs> it, looked, it looked cold. <laughs> I'm, glad she, I'm glad she put it down and got a real dick, you know? Fuck. Yeah, from a random intern, though? Bro, imagine when, when Night Owl gets out of jail and he finds out that she had that, and he was the follow-up to that back in the day. Damn. That's got to be just a, a killer inside to know. Yeah, but do we really know how large Night Owl's dick is? <laughs> Dude. What if it's... A foot and a half. What if his dick's like a Jesus penis? Maybe that's his power. Besides that, he just trained his body. But his actual power was... He fights crime with his cock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yo, how tall is Daniel? It was Dan Dryberg. He's 6'1". He's 6'1". That's that's Night Owl. He had to have been in pretty good peak shape. You're probably right on that. But dude matching a blue god... Yeah, true. Who can make like eight of himself. Dude, it's so not fair because his dick when he was a fucking human was definitely not that big. Oh, no. He could he changed it afterwards for sure. He's pretty much the blue Mandingo. Yeah, but damn, I just that fucking that was intense. The writer who wrote this episode said she pitched that as a joke originally. What the fuck? Yeah, and then Damon said he liked it and put it in. And his reasoning was, well, how could anyone match what he would have? In the comics, they don't actually have that great of a sex life anymore. I get Okay, I guess it makes sense because looking back 30 years prior, you'd say, okay, at the beginning of that, it was probably great. Because weren't they together for like 20 years? Yeah, for quite a while. I don't know if it was 20 years. Was it like 11 years? She was 17 when he started smashing. She was was underage. No, I thought she was 19. Yeah, I thought she was 19, too. But he was older. He had to be in his 40s. Like early th- oh, okay. I was going to say 30s. But he doesn't age, so... Like, he had already ditched his last wife because she got old. Yeah, damn. Sad guy. Sad guy. But what I was saying was just that they didn't have that great of a sex life at the end. That's why she actually liked being with Dan Dryberg, who is Night Owl, because it, there was a connection there. There wasn't that connection anymore with John, who is Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Let me back get back to the beginning. I was going to say what I also liked about this story is that that was probably one of the things from the comics is that like her character kind of took a backseat to a lot of the other main characters. And she always kind of felt she was an asset a part of Dr. Manhattan's story rather than being her own character. 
So it's cool to see her at the forefront more in this story and seeing what she would be like after this, because there'd obviously be a different stage in your life. And she's a lot more like she, her mother now than when she was in the comics. Like I remember in the comics, she used to make fun of her mom for having all the old memorabilia of herself. And in this one, you saw that picture that was such a sweet, fucking perfect picture when she's looking at, I can't remember what she's, she's talking to someone and her face is lined up perfectly with the background and her face fit right in the square where she was at. But even that, and then also just the memorabilia that was in the dildo box that also shows, you know, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? I don't know why I thought of Pulp Fiction, too, when, when the whole... Because there was the blue light at the beginning, you know? Because it, like, glowed blue, dude, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It's just a big fucking dildo. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Pulp Fiction just had a giant gold dildo. That's that's the real truth. That's what it actually is. <laughs> yeah. Quentin Tarantino would do some shit like that, though. Yeah, for real. Some outlandish shit. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like way more savage now too. Just even that opening scene where they're trying to catch the vigilante, they're making fun of Batman totally, and she just guns that dude down. She didn't even care if it if it if he died or if he survived from that. Yeah. yeah. I liked her, but I didn't like her little like poem or joke or whatever it was she was telling to Dr. Manhattan. Oh, I love that. I thought it was good too. I just thought it was a good way to explain the story for maybe people who don't know, because all that is what happened. It was her life pretty much. And it was just her trying to reach out to this guy that she's clearly not over. He lives on fucking Mars. I liked it. And it tied in with the title. It tied in with the ending really good. It built it built the world out, too, because it says, hey, there's some way that people can. Someone got technology on Mars. This company that bought Vite's company, they own those blue boxes and they showed like the millennium clock and all that. Just all that stuff's connected. And it shows that they have this range to maybe go to these other planets, which starts tying into some other theories that we've we'll probably get to in a bit. I just didn't enjoy it too much because it felt like it was trying really hard to be on a complex. I liked it because I thought it was, it's what happens in the comic too, that like, for example, Rorschach, he tells jokes to kind of like that to explain situations. And even one line that she used when she said, good joke, everybody laugh, roll on curtains, snare drum, curtains. Yeah. That's a straight line that he said in his journal. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. All that felt really Watchmen to me. Maybe I should reconsider. Uh, I'll watch it again. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it's your opinion, but I just, I liked it. Luke, what do you think about that? I, I was on the same boat, dude. I thought it was good. And I thought the exact same. I mean, you, you pretty much fucking hit the nail on the head. Yeah. No, but I just felt like you made some pretty good points. I know you kind of swayed me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- this episode, too, for me, it expanded the scope. It, like one of my problems, you know, I was saying is it felt very grounded in just Tulsa for some reason. But now we can see that Tulsa is very important because it's the first state or city that's doing this whole mass superhero stuff. It, everyone is starting to expand. It's kind of starting this movement. And the place must be important because Veidt's company built the Millennium Clock there in Tulsa. Not even really sure what that tower is. I was looking into it because it was in the PD files this week. So there was a marketing campaign by Veidt called the Millennium by Veidt. And in this, he was basically trying to start this campaign to market to society to start evolving to use technology-based stuff and to you know lead the way on where they're going but everyone kind of backlash because this was after the whole squid attack in 85 and what people started doing is they started blaming technology that was another group that came out of it besides the people that thought oh vites behind this there was the other people who said well technology must have done this brought this squid thing it wasn't an alien attack you know what i mean so what did people think cell phone waves or like radio waves bringing in alien life it doesn't actually, I don't remember in the doc if it explains what they're, it just said it caused a mass kind of hysteria against technology. And that's why another reason mm-hmm. why this place is so put back. That's why no one, everyone uses pagers. There's no cell phones, no internet. They still have electric cars though. Yeah, but those those were already there though. Remember in the comics, like you were saying? That's when, yeah, like in the 80s, they had electric cars. But... Yeah, like that was adopted before the attack. I think that's just because I'm Dr. Manhattan, right? Yeah, it is from Dr. Manhattan. Well, I mean, all this technology, even the squid attack, was influenced by knowledge that he was able to bring. Goat. I was going to say, there's one reference we probably should explain to listeners, too, if you haven't picked this up. There's a part where the Keen guy, I can't remember what's his name, Joe Keen, the senator. Yeah, yeah. He comes into Lori's yeah. place, and he says... The reason why she takes this job is because he says, I'll get your owl out of the cage, and that's talking about 
Night Owl. So I'm about Dan Dryberg, who has been in FBI prison. He's been in prison or whatever since 1995. She also got arrested in 95. And this was because they were still, because of the whole superhero Keen Act. And they acted after that, which was passed in what, like 55, Luke? The Keen Act was 77. The Keen Act was in 77? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, way off. What was 55? 55 was when they were trying to get all the Minutemen to show their identities, right? Yeah. I can't remember the name of that bill or whatever, but so that reference is just to Night Owl. And that's the reason why she goes down to Oklahoma, which is the interesting motive for her, you know, because clearly she still cares about this guy. She's got an owl locked up in her cage. What's, what do you guys think the significance of that is? Did she somehow sell him out or something so that she could get out of prison, but then he went to prison? That's a good theory. I don't, it's not really clear, actually. It just says that they both got arrested in, in 95. She got out and became an FBI agent. He's still in. And they're probably using his technology, making him share his technology with them. That's why they have the Night Owl Archie-style ship and some of his tech that he has, like those goggles. That's all very Night Owl-like. Yeah. Do, do you think he's going to come out and just be a... It's like shredded as fuck. Oh, he's gonna be an old man. He really? was born in. I know, but old, old, old man, fuck. old man, but shredded is what I'm saying. Oh, he's old though, dude. <laughs> he's he's oh, wait, older. No, dude, because he could still be like 65 and be pretty. Shredded. He's gonna be older than her. He's got to be at. I bet he's 80. Let me look at how Dan Dryberg born what? September 18, 1940. That's an old man. So he's 79. 1940, 40 to 2019. Okay. He could be a little What's shredded, that? but not really. I mean, 60, I don't know. No, 40. No, he's like 70. Oh my God, he's old. He's 79. Yeah, he's old. No, he's 70. What are you talking about, boy? I fucked up, son. Oh, I'm fucked up. He's 79. Oh, he's on death's door. (laughs) What? No way. He's he's the goat. He's probably in pretty good. I mean, he's probably in pretty good shape for a 79-year-old man, but being in shape for a 79-year-old man. He's probably like Hollis Mason. He's at his Hollis Mason stage. No. Or Sylvester Stallone. No. Oh, okay. I'm looking up Adrian Veidt's age real quick. Come on, dude. Sylvester <laughs> <laughs> Stallone's not 80. Adrian Veidt was born August 1939, but he's different. He probably has figured out technology to slow his aging. This other guy's been in prison for 20 years. Maybe he was just doing hella physical exercises. Yeah, and what, what was he eating? <laughs> was he taking steroids? Bush beans? Tomatoes? Carrots? Potatoes? Fish. Are we talking about Ozzy Mayus? No, I'm talking about Night Owl. No way, dude. That guy's getting. I'm saying he's taking a lean diet. He's getting cut. He's getting very shredded, like a defined tone for when he gets out. Peak 80 year old man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't remember what that, but that's that's what the the fucking reference okay. was for. Sylvester Stallone is 73, by the way. Yeah, dude. and that guy is rich. Takes a lot of steroids and HGH, a lot of plastic surgery. Steroids up the ass. <laughs> they don't have steroids in prison, buddy. Maybe they do. Maybe they in do. his prison. Right. They <laughs> no way. That dude's probably locked up in a high, in like class. I don't even know, dude. Just the highest level of security. He isn't getting shit. He and he's a genius. I'm saying the guards are probably giving him steroids. <laughs> Conspiracy <laughs> theory. What? <laughs> like trying to get you big, baby. Ross's conspiracy theory of the week. Zero evidence, but I like it. <laughs> I like it. Let's run with it. He's going to be just shredded coming out of prison if he gets out. Alex Jones over here. It makes it interesting, though, because that means that if it's not Dan who, you know, snatched up the old man, Will, last episode, that's kind of was one of my theories. That means we have someone else. Someone else with crazy technology. True. Who else would have that night owl ship, though? E? Because they well, no, they sold, they probably took his, they probably made him share his technology and his stuff when they arrested him. That's why the sheriff had a ship, I think. That's my theory. That's what Luke's theory is too, actually. Yeah, but wasn't the only one that was close by to there, wasn't it already crashed? What? No, they crashed it, remember? They drove it. That's what I'm saying. Don't, no, the one that they, that got shredded by when they were fighting against the 50 cal, the 7, the cavalry. Oh, but I mean, there's probably more out there. No, yeah, I'm just saying the one that's close by is was out of commission. Dude, that shit was dumb as hell, though. Oh, uh, I don't know why I just thought of this. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Dude, Lori was pointing a loaded gun at one of her, I don't know, deputies' heads. Like, straight at her head in the stick-up. Wait, when she shot the guy? Yeah, with her finger on the trigger. <laughs> yeah, I guess 
she's a badass. I don't know. Dude, I was just thinking that's fucking so dumb. Yeah. Oh, to sell the situation with the Batman wannabe. That's what you're talking about at the beginning. Yeah. 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 I mean, she definitely tr- trigger happy too. Oh, yeah. If you think about the funeral scene. Yeah. She's ready to smoke a motherfucker. <laughs> For real. Was, she smoked that guy real quick. That was a good scene, too. And that was intense. That was a good scene. Yeah. That, that, that scene was good. Smoked his ass. I love the ticking noise that happens whenever something insane is about to happen in the I story. Sketch. I was like, oh, fuck. What's going on? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, I had a question about that is, how did that 7th Cavalry guy know? Oh, I guess the funeral was public knowledge, right? Yeah, or someone's leaking the info to him. Yeah, okay. Because I was going to say, how did the 7th Cavalry know about his funeral? Yeah, they knew about it in advance, for sure. And they had a tunnel going all the way to it. Yeah, Hourglass is looking real fucking suspicious. Which one? I was going to say, what's your theory? Hourglass. Looking glass? Looking glass, fucking yeah. looking glass, whatever. I don't know. It like cut to him and he had this weird face like right before the guy was about popped out of the hole. He always has a suspicious looking face. That's why he always keeps it covered. Damn, I kind of think that he's the one, the the best of them right now. That was my opinion. You guys, huh, you guys have a different take than me. That's interesting. No, I'm just saying, I just think his face looks suspicious. I'm not sure exactly. He seems very mysterious and his intentions are not clear yet. If he's a good guy though... Then he's just literally a, a Rorschach, Rorschach duplicate, you know? It seems kind of unoriginal. He seems way, but he seems like a better Rorschach because Rorschach wasn't really a good person. For me, this guy seems... Is this guy a good person though, dude? He's rounding up every white person in town, bring him to this facility where they don't get any of their rights. We haven't seen him treat anyone badly. He's just doing his job. Wasn't it mainly the... What do you mean? He's the one running the facility. He's the most senior person there. The pod, right? He's running the pod. And no, he clearly got overruled because Sister Knight just brought that fool in and just beat the shit out of him that one episode. Yeah. And he never, he didn't participate in the big battle at the, tra- at the trailer park. He didn't stop it. What do you mean? He didn't stop it when she beat the fuck out of him. What's he going to do? He's going to stop them if they're permitted to do their job like that. He could have fucking said something. If you really have empathy, you could have fucking stopped. Sister Knight also didn't stop it. Sister Knight so. didn't, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's the only one we haven't seen just lose it on someone yet. Now that the chief's dead, who's the sen- who's the senior? Remember, she tells them to do something. Or fuck. And she's like, oh, you're in charge now? Fuck. What was that scene? It was the Red Scare guy who said it. Was it? Red Scare said that to... When they were walking into the warehouse? He said that to Sister Knight. It was after the they found him when he was hung up. They're taking his body down. Are you sure? I, th- I thought you said it to uh, Looking Glass. By the way, didn't when they were taking him down, were they even wearing gloves when they took the body down? What body? When Looking Glass, Sister Knight, and Red Scare were taking Judd, who was hanging, they just... Yeah. grabbed him i didn't see that they were wearing gloves or not yeah i don't i don't remember to be honest it is suspicious too that they did do the funeral super quick and all that it just seems like someone's trying to cover some definitely someone involved with the police side is trying to cover some stuff up so you guys don't have a theory not really i definitely see that though but i just want to see I'm not sure how it's going to unfold but also judd's body is completely fucking destroyed so there's no more autopsy or anything they can do on him. They probably did that. The attack knowing that it was going to be thwarted so they could just blow up his body. You think so? I guess they weren't going to get any more autopsies out of it anyway. Yeah, they were. Unless somebody was going to dig it up after. That's what she said. She's like, we're going to dig. We were going to dig it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Fuck, yeah. You're right. <laughs> and they probably knew that the FBI was going to come in after the police chief got shot. Whoever's behind this. That means their informant, informant must be in the FBI, right? No, they just know that. You'd assume, oh shit, a higher power is going to get involved in this when a police chief dies, gets murdered. Wouldn't you think that? Wouldn't you assume that? Yeah. Like it's not going to be handled by the local, by that precinct or fucking jurisdiction. I don't know. District. Yeah. When some of your own cops can be our suspects. Yeah. Yeah. Like a higher power is going to come down from that. Yeah. I think the keen guy's behind it. You think so? He does seem a little suspicious. I mean, let's think about it. He's the one who passed this law to allow it here. And obviously his own only goal is to try to get reelected too. Well, he's trying to become president. Yeah, yeah, to get elected as president. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. He wants to take it from Robert Redford, who's been president for 28 years. Yeah. And it seems like there's a, just based off the PD files, just reading some of these other docs, it seems that there's a lot of anti-Robert Redford stuff happening. 
Just because it's been so long. Yeah, because he's been a president for 28 years. Yeah. And I was thinking, too, because they asked for him specifically when they were at the funeral, said, we want you. That could be kind of like a decoy thing, like what Adrian Veidt did when he set up his own assassination attempt to throw everyone off. Yeah. And then he would have just smuggled him away. I'm not sure what it would have happened after that, but because you know, Lori just shot that fool. Yeah. But it worked. She totally messed up whatever plan they had. Well, it ended up, it seems sure. like it might have worked out either way if that is the case. Because, yeah, that's true with the body. Yeah. Because there was even a scene too where Adrian Veidt puts on his costume, you know, and he's the villain of the first series. There was something, a line that the other guy, Keen, was saying to the people. He said, but I'm not a hero. And it was him speaking while it was still showing Vite. And it seems like they've been doing these parallels through the show so far when there's audio from another character over a character with similar intentions or similar ways of approaching the world. Yeah. So that was something I caught. I'm not sure on that, though. We'll see. Speaking of Adrian, did any of you have theories on what is going on with his whole story arc? Well, for one, his storyline is definitely my favorite so far. That also feels very feels very Watchmen-y because in the comics, you know, there's different storylines happening with different perspectives. And this feels like a completely different story than what's happening in the main storyline. And then if they can tie these two storylines together at the end somehow, that will be a perfect example of the Watchmen comics of how it ties them all together, how the storylines intertwine. Yeah, I think we all kind of think this at this point, but he's definitely locked up. He's kind of lost his mind a little bit here too. Yeah. And what we haven't really talked about, I don't think, was just the cake and how each time it has a different candle on it. So this time it had three candles on it. And so isn't that the second time it, it's had three candles? No, the last episode had two. First episode, just one. Okay, so there's only been two cakes already? Okay. Three cakes now. One every episode. Well, no, before I meant I meant before this. Yeah, sorry. sorry. So there's been three three cakes total so far. Yeah. And we know from the PD file. He went missing in 2012. We're in 2019 in the current Watchmen storyline. What if it's that every episode, it's a year leading up to 2019 when they converge, like you're saying. Are there nine episodes? Mm. There's nine episodes, though, so maybe. Oh, fuck. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. We need to. Oh, yeah, dude, actually... that is so good. Oh, fuck. So then we would see him. In 2019, in on like episode eight. Yeah, which is, you know, wrapping up the end of the story. Or episode seven. Well, there could be, he maybe he doesn't even show up in an episode. Uh, that would suck. I would, I would bum me out. Wait, 2012? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that lines up perfectly because that's seven, right? It would be around episode seven. But the problem is too that Damon Lindelof, so I listened to their HBO podcast and he said, and this is interesting too, is that they filmed. All of his scenes, every scene with Adrian Veidt through the whole season, they filmed before they started production on the rest of episode two. Damn, what? Because that was in Wales and they were worried about the weather. So they did They did the whole pilot. As soon as HBO picked up the show, they immediately went there and they wrote all of his story, all of his, and did all of his scenes out there. So it's almost like he might never come back into the main storyline too. Or what we're seeing, like, let's Maybe. say he might. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. But let's say... Yeah. You have that scene with Dr. Manhattan when he crushes the castle in that opening episode. What if that is something that takes place at the end of his story over there? That could definitely be possible. Oh, yeah. That could anyway, be it. He just lives in a little world that's created by Dr. Manhattan. And this is his punishment for dropping the squid on New York. I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you guys because we'd have to go through all the situations. I don't know if it's Dr. Manhattan because also why does Dr. Manhattan give a fuck? This guy ditched Earth 30 years before. He didn't even give, really care that he killed 3 million people. Just said, yeah. oh, well, it makes sense. Yeah. Left. Doesn't give a shit about humans. So why would he all of a sudden, what would be his motive for caring right now and to put Vite in this game world kind of and be fucking with him? It'd probably have to be that he was trying to make a new Dr. Manhattan. That's the only thing I could think of that would motivate him because he is obsessed with Dr. Manhattan, clearly. Yeah. Makes a play of him. I don't know. Maybe it was just one clone of Dr. Manhattan. Wait, what? It was just like, maybe it was just one clone of Dr. Manhattan that's been doing this. So it's not even actually like the main consciousness of Dr. Manhattan. Because can he clone himself infinitely? He controls all of them, though. Uh, yeah, that's true. There wouldn't be like an independent. It's all him. If he has enough clones, though, wouldn't, wouldn't he start to lose control of some of them? I don't know. Just throwing wild shit out of there. Yeah, I, I don't think that he would ever lose control of them, though. 
just based off what we've seen. Yeah. Just how like godlike he is. He just has made so many clones, dude. <laughs> and they were all just his conscience. Cause he, I'm thinking of the scene where he's, he's banging Lori in the first graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't realize that it's like three of them. And then he has three or four of himself literally working on nuclear engineering in a different room. <laughs> so I think that he can just make, keep making himself and he's always in control. It's always him somehow. So yeah, it's a strange, but that's just six. So what if there was like millions? I still think he'd control them all. Honestly. Good. Interesting though. It is interesting. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. So it could be him. It also, there's, there's a couple, ways I think this could go. I think maybe what if he made some sort of agreement with the company that bought him, Vite, which we're going to see the person who bought his company next week. She's the one who built the, the Millennium Clock. Um, and Luke, what you were talking about last week, do you remember that scene where there's Bernard, the Bernard Bernard, the newspaper scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, the, with the little girl? Yes. Oh, that's who it is. That's her daughter or something. That would make sense, right? And she's that, really obsessed yeah. with the news yeah, yeah. because what if she's somehow behind the news or something and she's sort of this other player that we don't really even know about yet? How'd you know that she's going to be in the next episode? There was a little trailer for the next little sneak peek at the end of the last episode. Oh, there was? Yeah, there was a little trailer out. And they mentioned her in the docs. Yeah, it's looking like Dr. Manhattan will be in the next episode, too. He might. Yeah, unless that's just a guy painted blue. Yeah. That's trying to look like Dr. Manhattan. I think it's the aspect that you don't have him in the show yet is also what you sh- you have to do because once you bring him into this story, yeah. he changes everything. He's a literal superhero. It just, he's going to end up dominating the story a little bit because it's just, well, what, what's his next move? It, it's, it, it affects everything else around him. Yeah. He's, I'm excited. He's pretty badass. What I was saying more on just what if this company, he made some agreement, they put him out in some biodome because we know that they have the technology to go to other planets. At least they have technology to put one of these blue towers or whatever on it. So maybe he's on Mars. Maybe he's on some other planet. We know he makes those biodomes because he did that in Antarctica. And what if they made these yeah. clones for him? What if it's not even him? Because it almost doesn't seem like he has the technology to actually make clones. So it could be someone else making from if they're even clones or whatever they are. Because he's down there. He's using the bodies to make skin to try to make a, a astronaut suit. He's trying. To, yeah, what the he's hell? trying to launch himself out. Yeah, I don't think they're in a biodome just because... Wait, what do you mean he's trying to launch himself out? Is that what you think he's doing? Yeah, it seems like he's trying to escape. It looked like he was trying to use that catapult to launch that guy out of the boundary to see what happens. And then the guy suffocated from space. Because he went too high yeah, in the atmosphere. He couldn't handle space. And it seems like those pirate flags are definitely the boundary. That makes sense. Why couldn't he get close to the bison, though? Because the game warden knew that the bison's skin is really thicker. Yeah. I think that's it, dude. That's a good theory. Said he needed thicker skin. He was going to hunt at midnight. Yeah, he's going for that fucking kill, dude. It's crazy that they just have bison just on the property all the time. Yeah, I think the game master, that guy who shot at him, was just Mr. Phillips with a mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just playing a game. I don't know what they're doing, dude, but it just when he was reading the note from them, when he revealed that he was Adrian Vite for sure, at the beginning, she was saying, what's her name? It's like, Crewshanks. When Crewshanks was saying... Yeah. <laughs> yes. When she was talking, she started out saying, hey, master, but he cut her off right when, or to master or something like that. It was addressing Adrian Vite as master in the letter. So, oh, really? Yeah. It seems like this is someone either that he agreed to have this thing keep him in this world, or I don't know, dude, or he put up, set up this game to try to get him to see if he could figure out how to beat him. I don't know what he's doing, dude. Yeah, it did. It kind of seemed like it was some kind of self inflicted punishment yeah and it but it could be dr manhattan it could be this company i think it's this company and they kind of influenced him to do this decision and they want him locked away for some reason maybe a spirit or something what'd you say he's a spirit (laughs) no i don't know maybe it is like an experiment maybe and he's like oh no fuck this. this is a bad idea experiment yeah yeah dude i mean and it could be that he's already been trapped there for three years i don't know we'll find out with these candles but it seems like and that was something lindelof said too i okay this was his quote from the podcast he said they're not parallel storylines they're converging lines moving towards one another oh shit okay wait he said that yeah that's what damon lindelof said damn give it all away well what does that mean what do you think that means definitely means the two storylines are Oh, wait, he just said converging, but he didn't say as far as time. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. That's they just meet that. up at some point. Yeah, they meet up. Yeah, and it's very clearly he's in a different place or a different 
he's not in Tulsa or not in America. You know what I mean? He's somewhere else. Dude, if he was in Tulsa, that would be the place I would least expect him to be. <laughs> he's up in that millennium clock somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Or underneath, underneath there, or some shit, Westworld type area. Yeah, dude, I don't know. This is that. This story is definitely the most interesting out of all of them, and just what his motive is. But I don't know. And there was that other line. Oh yeah, maybe he's on Mars. Yeah, and so, but that's the thing is, okay, think of it this way: What if he even gets out? He somehow makes it out of that biodome. What exactly is he gonna do? Is he have a spaceship? Is he going to make a body out of, is he going to make a spaceship out of all those bodies he's holding on to? I don't really see how he's going to get back to Earth. <laughs> if he's on Mars, maybe he's just trying to get to Dr. Manhattan. That could be it. Or he can maybe try to get to one of those towers and phone America. Oh, he might not even, yeah. He might not even be on Mars, though. So. Yeah, if he's not on Mars. We don't know where he is. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't that fucking newspaper clipping from PDPedia say, talk about like white flight to Mars? You tell me. Like, what is that? Did it? Yeah, there's, I don't know. We can, let's find it real quick. This is good info. I didn't know about this. It's a new Frontiersman thing. It was, oh, the last one. That one, I just took it as saying we need to go to, go up there with Dr. Manhattan and live with him. Wasn't that what he was saying in that? The new Frontiersman? It's very uh, political. Yeah, political. I can see why everyone takes that fucking website, everyone takes that newspaper as a joke. You know what I mean? That's why no one really picked up on Rorschach's yeah. whole story. Yeah. Maybe they really are trying to get to Mars, and he's like the first experiment or something. Yeah. Did you look up the exact term before we term term or what whatever term? whatever the white flight or whatever you were talking about? Yeah, white flight to uh, honor is like a hawk if you love it, set it free. New frontiersman. I don't know. It doesn't. It just talks a lot about political shit until the end, and it's like the only the planet's surface is red. Doctor Manhattan's blue. The only, the only one color missing up there to make our flight complete. My fellow Americans, let's get our asses to Mars. Yeah, that just makes it sound like he's saying we should just leave America with what it's becoming. Because they're and they're. He, remember in there too, he was saying we should vote for Keen. We should vote for someone Republican. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it, that was what I was reading to and was making me think that, okay, there is more of a movement to try to really get Robert Redford out of there. Just on the whole Robert Redford thing. It's going to be dropping a clue to something though, right? Yeah. I don't think that they really put out these. There's only three things. I feel like they wouldn't just put it out to uh, give us more backstory on the political climate. We already know it's tense and there's pushback for right people. I think that it's probably both. They're probably trying to keep building out their TV show. And then also there's probably something in there, like you're saying, like there's little clues. Mm -hmm. Even in some of the other ones, like Petey's actual file that he filed this week about the Minutemen yeah. show, that was just explaining kind of what we've talked about, how, what's his name? Hooded Justice. Yeah, Hooded Justice didn't actually, or just that guy Rolf, he wasn't found in the water. He was found on the shore he was just basically correcting everything that's happening in these shows because he's saying that the shows aren't very accurate for the story. Wait, the shows aren't? The shows in the universe, the oh, Ameri okay, yeah. American Minutemen shows that are happening in the Watchmen TV show. He's saying those aren't super accurate to what happened in yeah. real life, which is similar to what people dramatize stuff in real life all the time. True. The last one was interesting, though, Luke. Did you read the last one from the... It was from Keen. The letters, yeah. Yeah. That's the one I was saying is the wild one. Yeah, so what was your takeaway from that one? So this was, for the listeners, this was a letter from, what was his name, Joe Keen. It was either Joe Keen, the current senator Joe Keen, his dad or his grandpa. And it was written in 1955. And it was to Sheriff Crawford, who I assume was Judd's grandpa. It had to be, right? Because that's 1955. This guy's already a sheriff. Yeah, it's probably his dad, right? Because the picture of him and his dad. His, and it, it could have been his dad, but remember in the original, one of those earlier docs he read, his grandpa and his dad were both cops, and his dad had a twin brother who was also a cop. Oh, I didn't read hmm. that document. That was from like a week ago, a different, different episode. Oh, wait, that was in the episode, not in a... No, 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 sorry, that was in a PDF. PDF file from episode two or one. It was after one of those. The one main interesting thing I thought out of this doc though was just how he signed it. He signed it a Kia, right? Yeah. Which means he signed it a Kia. Yeah. Weird. Wait, go on. Which means a Klansman I am. So they were KKK members. Crawford's grandpa, which we know, I mean, he has that suit that clearly his family was probably tied to that. But also Judd's or not Judd, sorry. Mr. Keene, the guy in this show, his family is also were racist. He's trying to run for president now. And there's probably some sort of the way I kind of took it, took it. It sounded like they're talking about some they're talking about the painting and passing it down. But the way I kind of took the painting is meaning you're passing down a role 
maybe to your, to your son or your grandfather, a role in whatever this community is or society, yeah. the KKK or yeah. the seventh cavalry or whatever other forces behind all these things. Cause it definitely seems like someone is behind the seventh cavalry even, and it could be Crawford. It could be Vite. It could be this other person we don't know yet. The person in front of the Vite company. What I will say though, is children don't always follow the exactly where their parents went, but the fact that Judd did have the KKK costume, obviously, was pretty racist. And he's dead for a reason. Yeah, but Keen hasn't really shown anything. But there is that connection, you're right. Yeah, I kind of took his, the story he told him of the of the painter, Catlin, how he sold his painting and then he just created another duplicate, like kind of fake. Yeah, which was the painting that we saw in his house at the end of episode two. Yeah, and reverse his names mm-hmm. and reverse the name of it. Yeah, he switched He switched the words in the... We'd have to look up the painting. I can't remember the name of it. It just made me feel like, oh, there's like a, a fraud hiding in plain sight kind of thing. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Well, I don't know who it is. Probably the senator. I know. That when they introduced the senator, I was like, okay, there's something fucking fishy about this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's pretty sus. I could see him being the one pulling the strings on the 7th Cavalry just because it would make causing the White Knight causes this movement that he pushed for, for the masks to kind of yeah. go against what his dad did, but he's doing so yeah. that he can get to the power. Cause then he can start spreading this movement and everyone says, Oh, he's the behind this. He's behind what's caused all the crime to go down in these places by 80%. But it's super flawed. As we've seen this, what they're able to do that, <laughs> like they're just l- grabbing people and fucking tossing them in a, what they call them a racist tank and just trying to say, Hey, or, is this what you are? Oh, now you think it's fucked up. Fuck you, dude. What? What you mean? <laughs> Remember when I was like, oh, yeah, Looking Glass has been rounding all these motherfuckers up, put them in tanks. I think he's doing his job. He's doing nothing to stop it, dude. No, we were saying the Red Scare he's, was... He's, he's a great character, yeah, but I don't think that he he doesn't... He's not as brutal as these other ones. I think he's more he's more trying to be a detective about it. I don't know. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah, I get it. All right. He hasn't done like a Rorschach thing where he just beats the shit out of someone or does whatever other Rorschach shit he does. So there's one thing too that uh, we, I don't know if we brought this up yet was just, there was a kind of a throwaway line, but definitely not was when Keen was addressing the audience. Someone in the crowd asks him, what do you think about the Russians building an intrinsic field generator? Which is, that's the, that's the thing that made Dr. Manhattan. Oh wait, I did not hear that. What the fuck? That was the line that one of the people asked me said, I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about figuring out what's wrong in Tulsa. Yeah, I remember him, that response, but I didn't remember the question. Damn, what? Intrinsic field generator. Yeah, so Russia's trying to now take the next move, it sounds like, and build their own Dr. Manhattan and take over the world. So wouldn't it make sense if maybe this Vite company is also trying to make another Dr. Manhattan or Vite was trying to make one? It was just who's going to make one first to be top. Yeah, but you can't just control something like that. I mean, for a time, maybe. But eventually, you see, they just they're like, I don't want to fuck with you guys anymore. Yeah. Oh, this was the last thing. OK, this theory for you. I need a theory from you guys. So oh, shit. the car that dropped from the sky. That was Angela's car from the episode before. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean? Doesn't it just mean he was listening to her joke and that was the brick that the little girl threw up in the sky? Dr. Manhattan was listening to her joke. So was Dr. Manhattan involved with the with Will who picked him up then? Could have been because he was, I mean, who else could make that car fall like that? Literally only Dr. Manhattan. So that means, therefore, he had to have been listening to her on the phone. And then he was like, I'm going to drop this car here for comedic timing, I guess. But why that car? Why that specific car that we saw swoop away on a magnet the episode before? That's what I mean. Like, why did he swoop away the yeah, old man? It could have been dropped from the magnet. And that means it must have been, I guess it it could have been somebody else that, I guess they could have flew it really high and then dropped it with a magnet. Zach, what's the name of the, the lady that's going to appear next episode? I think her name's Tro. True. Lady True. Okay, hold on. Let me let me pronounce. Let me write it out for you guys, and you tell me. T r i e e u. Triu, lady. Triu, triu. True. Yeah, I think true. 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 It's also definitely an Asian name, so I don't know if they pronounce lady. True. Yeah, sounds about it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was like her or something. 
Not sure. Yeah, that's that's the question. I we're definitely get answers, but I don't have I don't really have a theory on that either. It's it's that's she what's could really be like the good Ozymandias. Yeah, I mean that's what's really cool about the show. I think so far is that it keeps giving us little bits, but it hasn't completely unraveled everything, and we still have questions that we don't know. Yeah. It's making us ask a lot of questions for sure. It's so good. It's so good. And it's definitely like the graphic novel in that instance that we don't even know that Rorschach, who he was at the beginning of the story until halfway through, you don't even know Ozymandias is the villain really until the end. Yeah. Like in the first 10 pages, doesn't Rorschach go and talk to Ozymandias warning him that somebody's killing supers, killing heroes? (laughs) Tries to send him a letter. Yeah. Yeah. Very early on. No, he breaks into it. Yeah, he breaks into his building. That's right. Because then he writes about him in his journal and he's just says that maybe he's a homosexual for some random reason. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. just shows random random. I forgot out. about that. They showed that note in the FBI presentation. That was the part. It was that note. Yeah. Which was funny too, because I was totally I thought I took that as the writers just throwing shade at Rorschach and that whole shit like fuck that guy he doesn't have anything to do anymore get over it yeah this is one of the funny things is everyone's so pissed about the show with how where his story's at from now and it, I started reading more reviews after we talked about it last pod and it's, yeah people are angry that they think for some reason Rorschach was a hero um definitely a great character definitely really fucked up in the head too just yeah I think people really respected his resolve though I think that's why a lot of people liked him. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay. I I don't know if I have anything else. I was just reading, I sent you this before, Luke, just the whole Black Freighter story. But we talked about the flags. I think that flag is actually from a Black, the Black Freighter story that goes on. And that's a story that takes place in the graphic novel, in the Watchmen universe. Black kind Freighter? of like how these TV shows take place. Yeah. Yeah. Is it kind of like under the hood a little bit? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, well, because Under the Hood is a book, right? It's like going on throughout the comic. It's not like, you know, like a chunk thingy. No, isn't it like four pages of the book at a time or something? Or like four like random pages? They'll have it go on. Weren't you? Yeah, the first section I read in Under the Hood was pretty lengthy, honestly. It was more that people are reading. It's not like four random pages. Yeah, people are reading it in the comic. It'll be going on, yeah, like a guy's reading it in the comic, but then it'll go on while things are happening. The Black Freighter dialogue will go on while things are actually happening. Yeah. They kind of parallel yeah. what's going on in the Black Freighter. That's cool. Yeah, and there's one story in there, too, that talks about a character who's kind of cast away on this island he's on a deserted island and he had to use mm-hmm. gas bloated bodies of his former teammate or crewmates to float and like make a raft and i thought that was kind of something that maybe inspired what's going on with adrian v fight yeah yeah bite so that's damn that does sound very reminiscent of his situation oh yeah i mean that's why i like this show because i think that they really did a good job so far of just tying it and making it feel really in the comic universe and we haven't had Dr. Manhattan yet either. It's going to feel so different once that even happens. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, there's, I didn't even put anything out for fan questions, so we can just wrap it up. Oh, shit. Okay. I think we're good, boys. Sister Knight versus Lori dynamic, too. I love that. She was she was the only one who like put it to her. I love that. <laughs> when she was like, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was, that was... And that was like her only... She only had two scenes in this whole episode. But yeah, man, put her on toe-to-toe with Lori. She's badass. The two most badass characters, I think, so far in the story. Honestly, yeah, probably. Lori's pretty fucking sick, too. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Follow us on Twitter, at NotAMoviePod. DM in your theories. DM in your questions. Follow us on Twitter, at CultureCrave. That's more of our news page. Oh, we got reviews and stuff? Oh, nice. We have like seven, dude. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Actual reviews? Holy fuck, Really? Okay, so shout out Superman Gum 13. Thank you for listening. DC Verse 1. That was just her name. All the way from Ireland, though. Yo, thank you. Damn, shout out. Holy fuck. Love from Canada Pro 3315. Thank you. Kevin Silvera. Thanks, man. Mary Sable R underscore R. Jake Hybing. Shout out. Thanks, man. Chris 102809. He was asking too, do we have a YouTube channel? Yes, we do. It's not under not another movie pod. It's under Culture Crave. It'll be under that. And we put right now we don't upload videos. That's the plan. Eventually we'll start doing videos, but right now it's just our pods for now. But go subscribe. Everyone go subscribe. Yes, sir. And then 
<laughs> we don't need to leave this. We don't need to read this last one that just roasted Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's oh, Jesse Mace. Fuck. Thank you for your time listening on the pod. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Appreciate you. Okay, fuck. Um, that's it. That's all we got. Next pod, we're gonna no, we already did talk Batman. Fuck it. So let me think. Next pod, I don't know what we're gonna pod on next, boys. What do you think? Watchmen episode Probably. four. Mandal- yeah, next Wait, Watchmen. Isn't Mandalorian come out on the 11th? If anything crazy happens in the next couple days, we'll do it. But other than that, yeah, next week we'll do we'll do a Watchmen pod. Probably record that next Monday. I think that's what we're going to do for the listeners. We'll record next Monday after the episode airs. We'll try to get it up by Tuesday at li- like latest Wednesday morning. Then the Mandalorian drops Tuesday and Friday, and we're going to review that pod. We're going to both basically like our next couple of weeks are going to be largely Watchmen and Mandalorian. So, yeah. Wait, when does The Witcher come out? Not till December, December 20th. Comes out the same day as uh, Star Wars. Rise of. Oh, God. Are we Dude, really watching be... that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to. We don't have to review it, but I'm going to watch it. Oh, that's what I mean by watching. You don't want to review Rise of Skywalker? Like... <laughs> no, Billy. <laughs> Oh, oh the, the, Witcher? the Witcher. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that would be very whack. <laughs> I think The Witcher, though. Yeah, I'm down to do both. Could be sick. I would think if we were going to do that, though, we should just do straight. We all binge it and try to just do as much as we can in one. Yeah, I'm down to do that. Oh, yeah. It's hard to do Netflix series the same way that we do everything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just saying we have a busy couple next couple months Bro, we are busy okay we're good i think we're good that's it we're wrapping it up okay sick follow your boys on twitter what's our what's your handles yeah oh shit what I should is my handle dude holy fuck i don't even know at luke underscore goosens no one's gonna know how to spell that last name is that it God, am I still George St. Geeglin? <laughs> That's how you say it? I thought it was like George St. Geeglin. Geeg, geeg, geeglin. Oh, no. Okay. I'm Ross Cutsport. That's my handle. My actual handle is Ross. <laughs> George St. <Cutsport>. Geeglin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. I guess my, yeah. My fucking Twitter is Luke underscore Goosens. Don't follow me. I like my privacy. <laughs> <laughs> At Ross underscore Cutsport. I like it. <laughs> No, no underscore to be honest. But oh, lucky you, underscore man. Underscore could be sick. No, you got the. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Clean. Bits. That's right. But yeah, my handle Zach underscore Williamson. That's it. That's all we got. Peace. All right, later. All right, good pod boys. Good pod boys. Boys, good pod. Good night.